Welcome to Making America Strong Again, the only program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Join fellow patriots as we rediscover our past, reignite our future, and celebrate America now. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. This is your host, Steve Olds. It's my privilege to be with you today from our studios in South Florida. I want to thank all of those that are downloading our podcast on iTunes as well as the patriotpodcast.com. We also appreciate you sharing the podcast with everybody you know and getting this conversation about making America strong again really prevalent in lots of places. So thank you very much for doing that. Well, as we approach the end of 2015, there are a lot of uh, a lot of interesting opportunities to reflect on the year past and look at the year that's coming around the corner. It's a great time to do a personal introspection, obviously, with friends and family and the celebrations and the, and the gifts. There's lots of opportunities to, to get to know each other and our families a little bit better and to just take a few minutes and, and just kind of unplug from the craziness of the regular day-to-day activity. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today, and it really focuses on a subject that a lot of people are, uh, are talking about in different ways, but we're going to share a little perspective on giving you know, we've been talking throughout the past number of months, actually all this year, on leadership and on what it is that leaders truly give to the people that they serve and the idea of servant leadership and why that's so critically important. We're dealing with a lot of conversations in our nation right now about the perspective that a lot of people have as being entitled to certain things, and, and we can get into a long discussion about how that's come to be and why it matters But ultimately, if we focus on another element of our constant communication, which is the person in the mirror, what's our heart really all about? What do we look at when it comes to the time and the effort and the energy and the resources that we give? Why does that matter? What's the impact that we can have? When you think about the times in your life when you feel most fulfilled, I'll bet you you come to a place where you have served other people where you have given of yourself, when you've given of your heart, when you've given of your time, perhaps to somebody that you are mentoring, perhaps to someone that has really faced significant challenges. And I don't know about you, but you probably face scenarios where the time when somebody needed you most or when your resources were needed the most, where you had to really struggle to give that time or that dollar, was when you could least afford it. Interesting how that happens, isn't it? The place where it was toughest for you to give is where it made the most impact. Our pastor was talking about that last week. It's called sacrificial giving. Giving until it hurts. Giving in a way that makes a a major impact, but doing it joyfully. A lot of people don't see business owners as givers. Matter of fact, a lot of people in the media and in different parts of our uh, our United States want to paint the business owner as somebody that's a taker, somebody that just wants the cash, somebody that wants to take the money out of your pocket and enrich themselves. Well, 
as we know, the reality of business is that if you operate that way, you may get away with that for a little while, but not for long. Business owners who are self-centered, who have no interest in delivering value, who want to charge a premium for less than premium service, they're not in business very long. As a matter of fact, if you study the referral process and what happens when you have a great experience, there is a relatively small number of referrals that people who have great experiences with a company will actually make. But what happens when you have a bad experience? The number of negative referrals is off the chart. Don't go to that place, whatever you do. Those guys treated me horribly. The service was awful. The food was terrible. We hear those stories all the time, don't we? And so if the attitude of the entrepreneur behind a company is one of selfishness and not of giving service, then the likelihood of them being in business is going to be very short-lived. The same thing applies for the owner in terms of how they treat their employees. If your objective is to get every ounce of sweat out of every employee that you have, whether they're a W employee or a 1099 independent contractor, and your objective is to just push them and push them and push them and get every possible thing out of them as you can, and the motivation for doing that is to enrich yourself, that too will be short-lived. Because at the end of the day, people need to be appreciated for who they are and the value that they bring to the market. And if your perspective is that we are all created equal, because I believe that was in some founding documents of our country many, many moons ago, if we're all created equal, that means we all bring value to the table. We all bring value to the marketplace. Very few people are called to be entrepreneurs. It takes a special skill set to do that. But it also takes special skills to manage a company, to be a good employee, and to deliver a valuable product or service within the context of a company. Think about the people that you've worked with who are absolute experts at a technical skill or a management skill, a financial skill that is absolutely required in a company. People who are very good at marketing or sales or fulfilling the requirements of a product or service to a client. People have skills that need to be paid and valued appropriately. So as leaders in a company, whether it is a for-profit business, whether it's a nonprofit organization, whether it's a governmental group, the attitude of those in leadership and the way that we look at giving, giving of our time, giving of our effort, giving of our resources, is crucially important to the nature of the entire organization. Because leadership, by definition, is influence. So the way that you operate your life and the way that you operate your time in that public environment is going to influence other people. And as influencing other people is so important because they turn around and they do what? They do exactly what you do. You know the story. Don't do what I do, do what I say. That doesn't work out so pretty good, does it? People will love to do what you do. And so if you're lazy when it comes to leadership, if you're lazy when it comes to giving, if you're lazy when it comes to being accurate and telling the truth, guess what's going to happen in your organization? Same thing is true. If you find yourself working with people around you, perhaps even some of your supervisors who are cavalier, shall we say, with the truth, 
or who don't always do what they say they're going to do, or they make promises to you or commitments to you that they don't keep. It's even more challenging for you to do it because people that don't keep their commitments don't respect others that do. And many times they don't even notice that they do. So you may be in a situation where there are people who are in your organization that are the positional leaders who aren't doing a great job. And it may be tempting to say, well, you know what, if they don't care, neither do I. But see, that's where the challenge is. Because you still have to look at the person in the mirror. So if the person in the mirror that you're talking to is okay with throwing your hands up and performing at less than standard, you've got to live with that. But now the other problem is when you drive that way, you have an impact on the people in your family and the people around you outside of that professional environment. So you see, all of those things are connected. It's like that old spaghetti sauce commercial, right? Ragu, it's all in there. You can't separate one from the other. And when you realize that you can decide every single day to step up your leadership and your influence on others, then you begin to have a positive impact everywhere around you. You've probably been in environments where there have been great people that smile all the time and their energy is infectious. Well, think about America. Think about that visual of the shining city on a hill and what that's meant to tens of millions of people around the world. It's easy to talk about the things we don't like. But the reality is, America has done amazing things for a lot of people. For sure, we've got our stuff that needs a lot of work. But if we start as the leaders in the grassroots of America by sharing our passion and by serving other people as strong leaders, then we have an opportunity to serve people in a way that demonstrates the impact of giving, giving of ourselves, giving of our time, and in this particular case, giving of our nation. When we come back from the break, we're going to begin to talk about what that means as a nation. What does it mean when we give our blood, when we give our treasure? Those are trite sayings that come up all too frequently, especially with the long war on terror that we've been fighting. We've been fighting it for a long time. It's easy to get war-weary, but it's also easy to lose track of the impact of what it really means to those Gold Star families who have given everything the last full measure of devotion. For those individuals right now that are coming together at Christmas time, and they're coming together without one of their family members because that person gave every possible thing they had their very life. So when we come back, we're going to drill down on that into a little bit more, and we look forward to visiting with you shortly. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. This is Steve Schwartz with pdgo.com. We've been in business for over 15 years and have created over 1,000 websites for clients across the USA and across the world. We help our clients have a custom, affordable website, and we teach them personally how they can very easily update the information on their websites themselves anytime they want to without being a techie. Take a look at pdgo.com and see samples of our work and testimonials that clients have said about our service. pdgo.com. Again, pdgo.com. 
At Surf Pro Vero Beach, no job is too big and no question is too small. So when fire, water, or mold damage strikes your home or business, call on Surf Pro of Vero Beach at 772-770-0501. That's where you'll find a team of specialists that's faster to any size disaster. So when the things that matter most are on the line, make sure Surf Pro of Vero Beach is too by calling 772-770-0501. That's Surf Pro of Vero Beach, helping make fire, water, and mold damage like it never, ever happened. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Kelly Fisher, a supporter of the Making America Strong Again mission and your local real estate professional here on the Treasure Coast. It has been my honor to serve our community here in Vero Beach since 2003. And with over 1,500 home sales over the past 21 years, it's my hope that you will consider the Kelly Fisher team at Treasure Coast Sotheby's International Realty for all your real estate needs. It's also our desire that every family has a home and every home has a family. And we have partnered with the Homeless Family Center of Vero Beach to work toward that goal. When you buy or sell a home with the Kelly Fisher team, we will make a substantial contribution toward alleviating homelessness in our hometown. To be a part of this great mission, please call us at 772-321-6905. Welcome back to Making America Strong Again, the program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Once again, here's your host, Steve Olds. Welcome back. We're excited about today's program because we're now looking back at a great year. We're looking forward to an exciting 2016 right around the corner. And we're doing a little introspection today. We're talking about what it means to give, what it means to give personally, what it means to give as an organization, what it means to give as a country. And we've talked about the man in the mirror, the person in the mirror that you have to wake up to and have a conversation with every day. We talked about what it means to be a strong leader and give of yourself. We talked about what it means to be somebody who perhaps is not in an authoritative position, but can still give and exhibit strong leadership either in a family, in an office, in an organization. We also touched on the idea of what it means to be an American, what it means to be part of a nation whose DNA is about giving to others. When you have conversations over the holidays, you might might have a little fun and, and play some history with people. Ask some questions about what your family members know about the history of our country, about the people that we've served, not only in the United States, but around the world. We just recently celebrated the 74th anniversary of Pearl Harbor's bombing by the Japanese. And for a lot of people, the entrance into World War II might as well have been a couple of millennia ago. They don't really know what happened then. And if you study the history and you study what happened when young men volunteered to go to war to protect America, and now you see the very few that are left on these honor flights that take them back to Washington where they can see the World War II Memorial. It's an amazing experience for many who have been able to travel. Many others never were able to make the trip. It took way too long to get that memorial in place. But, you know, there's another generation right now that are giving of themselves. And the the difference now 
is that every single one of them is a volunteer. Every man and woman that volunteers to serve in the United States Armed Services gets to choose. They're not drafted. Nobody said you have to go. Each one of them has felt a call on their life for whatever reason that drove them personally to go serve. And, of course, the idea of serving the military in a lot of ways can be a lot of fun. Rob Tester and I were talking about it in our show last week, about the cool factor of being able to fly fighter jets. None of us goes into the service thing, well, I can't, uh, I can't wait to give my life for my country. Now, that's not first on our mind. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. I can remember before Desert Storm, we were in our final preparation mode, wondering whether we were going to fight or whether Hussein was going to pull another rabbit out of his hat. And uh, we were in our bunkers, and that's where we operated, in some pretty heavy concrete bunkers, and, and uh, the squadron boss came through, and, and I, <laughs> I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, the boss said, hey, we got a reporter here needs to needs to talk to somebody, so Shaq, you're it. And I said, okay, fine. And it was a, a reporter from the Wall Street Journal, and, and I remember he asked me a question that, that kind of stuck with me, and he said, you know, what kind of mental transformation do you have to go to to be able to go into combat? And, of course, as a young kid, I mean, I was all of 25 years old. What do I know about going into combat? Only what I've read, only what I've studied, except the very real possibility is now before me that in a very short period of time, I'm going to be going over that line on the map that says we're now in hostile territory and we got a job to do. And it takes a very different mental transaction to come to the place where you can say, you know what, not only am I ready, I'm willing, and I'm able, but I am prepared to give every single ounce of energy I have to accomplish the mission. And if you'll recall back to the mission at the time, it was to free Kuwait because Saddam Hussein had invaded a country and murdered countless people and destroyed and trashed a country for his own selfish requirements. So as a nation and as a military unit and as a squadron and as an individual pilot, I prepared myself mentally and I told the Wall Street Journal reporter, there comes a time when you just have to completely shift your mindset because now it's about survival. And I will give every effort that I can, but at the end of the day, it's a choice between the pilot on the other end and me. And my position is he's already lost. The minute he comes off the ground, he will have lost because they're not going to beat the United States of America. And in that war, very short war that Desert Storm was, and the reason it was short is because we had leaders that understood what overwhelming force meant, and we prepared it. We had a phenomenal coalition. And there were a number of men and women that gave their lives in that conflict, but relatively speaking, it was a tiny percentage of the overall group because we were able to go in and take care of business. But America throughout the generations has given blood and treasure in enormous ways. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people around the world that have come to expect it and, worse yet, don't respect it. Who gets the phone call? when there is a disaster. Does China go running out to every corner of the world to help people? No. Russia doesn't do it. They may throw a token bit of cash or a ship here or there, but who is the mobilization force? Who was it to put Haiti back together? 
Who was it that's gone all over the world to deal with people that suffered from typhoons or the Japanese meltdown after the big wave hit? All those things give you pause. And you begin to look at the things that we do well as a country, and one of them is giving. So right now, as you start looking at the end of the year, and you start looking at the person in the mirror, ask yourself, what is it that you can do, not only as an individual, maybe as a family, maybe as a church, maybe as a corporate organization, maybe you're in a nonprofit group that specializes in giving, but I'll bet you there's a particular area of your life or your business that you could you could up a few notches. And you could up even in a way that you didn't have to tell a soul. Because a big part of this is that heartfelt attitude about giving. About giving so that it makes a difference in somebody else's life. And the funny thing is that sometimes you will give to people who don't appreciate it, who don't respond, who never say thank you. And it doesn't mean that we stop giving. It means that we keep smiling, we keep working hard, we keep pressing, and we help people understand that the joy of giving is mine. I'm joyous because I can give, not because of how you respond. Obviously, it's nice to get a little thank you. It's nice to have somebody that appreciates it. But at the end of the day, our service to our fellow man and woman is a heartfelt experience that we love giving. So when all your folks are gathered around the Christmas tree or the menorah and you're beginning to look at 2016, throw it out on the table. How can we come together as a group and give in powerful ways that we've never even thought about before? Maybe maybe we can partner up with other organizations that are capable of giving to other groups that we'd like to support. Maybe it's a financial opportunity. Maybe it's an opportunity to take our tithe to another level. Maybe it's an opportunity to create an entire new way, either through time or energy or systems or technology, to give of ourselves, give of our intellectual property in a way that will serve others. And here's a little hint in that process. When we're giving, we're not looking for something back. We're giving because we want to. We're giving because there is power in selfless giving without asking for anything in return. As a matter of fact, as we start to look at the Christmas even, that's exactly what Jesus did when he came to the earth. He came so that people would be blessed, that they would be saved. He came so that we would have life more abundantly. And he gave sacrificially. He gave everything that he had. And we can learn a lot from Christ's example, as we look to our families and our friends and to those that are lonely, that are scared, that are out of work, that are just praying for a miracle this Christmas, they're praying for an opportunity. They're praying for things that many times you don't even know about because we're so good at putting on the act, aren't we? There are people that you know, friends and families right now, that are suffering horrendously. They may be dealing with health challenges. They may be dealing with money challenges. But they're dealing with stress in relationship. They're dealing with stress in lots of ways. And when we begin to serve and we begin to give, even if it's just the time to have a cup of coffee, 
It's amazing what can happen. Take a small step. Go spend a few extra minutes. Buy somebody a cup of coffee. Talk to them a little bit. Just love on them. Maybe that's your spouse. Maybe it's one of your children. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Just take a minute and give of yourself in a way that you never have before. And remember that the Lord himself gave himself for you and for me. And I pray that you and your family have a very blessed and Merry Christmas. We'll see you real soon. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. 